We're into the home stretch of learning about this thing called the creative mind. And tonight I'm going to, in some ways, take a step backwards and talk a little bit about the basics of it. But I think in some ways I'm going to look way forward and see how we might apply it in certain circumstances that might be haunting us even today. Um, so first of all, a little bit of the review. The idea of the creative mind, of course, is building on the divine creative process, as we call it in the science of mind. And, uh, and in fact, most of the world's religions know it by a slightly different name called the spiritual law of cause and effect. In fact, even in the scientific realm, you've heard of the law of cause and effect. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Or there is a cause for everything that outplays in the world. And in fact, I think, Rand, you have even a, a slide that from the science of mind perspective uh, helps to illustrate this idea of the law of cause and effect. So, um, uh, and pardon my uh, ability at art here. <laughs> you can't blame Rand for this slide, it's mine. Uh, but anyway, as Ernest Holmes would say it, our thoughts become things. And that looks a little bit like one of the teaching symbols for those of you who are familiar with the Science of Mind textbook. If you look towards the back, you'll see a group of, of teaching symbols. And this is the one that illustrates the principle of cause and effect. So at the top of the chart, we have our thoughts, our beliefs, our ideas. And those outpicture, those literally become our experience of the world. And so our thoughts become things. And, uh, of course, that's the theory behind why we do science of mind prayers the way we do them. It's the idea uh, behind uh, us uh, treating others as we would want others to treat us, right? What we put out in the world is going to be reflected back to us. So very basic science of mind stuff. You can now consider you've been through a 10-week foundations class because... <laughs> Because no matter how you look at it, we spend about 10 weeks looking at this same principle from various angles and various ways of applying it into our lives. And so uh, it's a wonderful class. You should take it. And this is the divine creative process that's talked about in that class. Okay. That's the catch-up, if you will. That's the reminder of how things work. But you know what? Even though we've practically been raised on that here in Science of Mind, in our New Thought churches, when I look around the world, I see people acting as though it's exactly the opposite. <coughs> and so I want to share what I perceive as happening so often in the world, even by people that I love, even by people that have been in the Science of Mind teachings for years and years. And it usually goes something, uh, a story something like this. So they will come to you um, practically about ready to cry their heart out and explain how their boss or their husband or someone out there did something to them because of that thing that happened, they're heartbroken. And because they're heartbroken, their entire mind has been shifted onto the dark side of life, welcoming in more heartache and more trouble. Does this not sound familiar to you? Whether it's a, a boss that maybe fired you or um, an ex in their process of becoming an ex, right? Probably did a few things that had you in that place that we often call victimhood, that 
place where it seems like, despite our best efforts, the world out there has done something to us, created an effect on us that just has us wrapped up in misery and pain and hurt. And you know what? As a science of mind minister, it's not for me to say you're not feeling that, because of course you are. It's not for me to point out that that's not really the way that the law of cause and effect works. Rand, can you show the other slide? So what we're really uh, sort of working underneath is the idea that the things, the events, and the experience of our lives, of course, have an influence on our thoughts and ideas and belief. But you'll notice I, I did the international symbol of uh-uh. <laughs> it's not the principle in cause and effect. The boss that fired us does not cause our life to be miserable. The, the ex-husband that cheated on us does not cause our life to be a certain way. That's the way that it seems to us. That's the way that it is somehow presented to us because of our emotional body. And that's certainly a reaction, right? And I'm not here to say that we're not feeling upset when bad things happen because that would be crazy. Of course, we observe something happening in the world that has an effect on us. Of course, it tugs at our heart. Of course, we have an emotional reaction. That's where anger comes from. That's where upset comes from. That's where sadness comes from. But if we think that that's the causal agent, if we believe that the things that happen to us cause us to be a certain way, we are always the victims. We will spend our entire lives trying to shuffle around the things of our life, hoping for a savior, hoping someone to get us out of this mess, praying that it won't happen again or that it will happen again, or, or hoping that we'll get a, a bailout when our kicker check comes, or, or right? All the various things that we're, we're looking forward to and hoping to that that external agency, that outside force, whether it be the government or a loved one or, or someone in a position of power, once that person or that thing or that mechanism does some certain thing, then I'll be happy, then I'll be complete, then my world can move on, you know? One day I'll retire and then I can be happy. One day the children will be off to college and I'll have some peace. You know, one day I'll get the raise and I can finally have the money to, to buy the boat because I know that when I have the boat, then I'll have fun. Oh my gosh. And it isn't that the things in life don't often give us satisfaction. That's what allows us to think that somehow the things are a cause. But here we have to go back to our science of mind principles. Anything that's in effect, anything that's on the bottom part of that chart, the things, the events, the experiences, the what happens, the conditions, they are all effects. And if we base our life on hoping for, praying for, moving around the sets of effects, we can expect more of the same. 
If we want things to be different, we have to go back to the cause. We have to go back to the mental attitudes, the mental beliefs, the thought patterns, the mental stripes, the, the conflicts we have in our own psyche. We have to go back to our own consciousness. And then when we make changes there, we will see something new and different. I want to do a quick reading here from Ernest Holmes because he, he talks about this idea. He says, All conditions and every circumstance is of the nature of effects. So all conditions, every circumstance is in the nature of an effect. And it can in no way limit our mind and our emotions unless we allow them to. The thought that any given condition is a thing of itself tends to make it appear as a thing into itself. But reversal of the thought patterns and the condition itself will become reversed. So if we want to see something different in the world, we don't mess with the stuff. We mess with our thinking. We don't try to muscle down the conditions, although sometimes we need to, of course. You know, sometimes we need to take care of business in the world. Of course we do. But that's not the place where lasting change comes from. Lasting change can only come from changing our own consciousness. I have a joke for you. It's a short one. And uh, you'll probably recognize it because I've totally stolen it from an old Woody Allen movie. So the psychiatrist walks in, or, or excuse me, a, a man walks into a psychiatrist's office and says, hey doc, my brother's crazy. He thinks he's a chicken. And then the doc says, well, bring him in with proper therapy. We can cure that. And then the guy says, well, uh, I would, but we need the eggs. <laughs> and so... I think that's about the way I feel about this law of cause and effect. It's always comforting to be able to blame some outside agency. That's the eggs here. It's comforting. There's a simplicity to saying, my life is a mess because of that SOB boss. My life is in tatters because of that darn X. My education is a shambles because of those student loans, right? It's just easy. It's almost a, a point in our human nature to say, I'm not to blame. I have very little effect on this. But do you see how that keeps us in that position of always having to look from someone else to find our good, to experience our joy, to have peace at hand? And so now if you think the talk has been hard so far, you thought we were just going to have fun tonight, but uh, after the events of yesterday, I would like to try something difficult on size for you all right now. The entire election process is an effect. And if we believe in the science of mind, it is an effect that is an exact mirror of our consciousness. 
I hope no one here has a gun. <laughs> but, but honestly, honestly, think for a moment of the level of fear, the level of dismay, the level of civil unrest, the level of difficulty in relations between the races and different socioeconomic structures right now in the U.S. Think of the trouble between people, between the police forces and those they uh, enforce, right? Just, you don't have to expand your consciousness very far to actually see that the election that we just went through is a perfect reflection of what America is like right now. Now, I know we were all hoping that someone would save us. I know we were all hoping that our newly elected officials would somehow take care of things for us. And I am here to tell you that the only ones who can take care of us are sitting right in this room. We have the most marvelous opportunity, perhaps of all time, before us right now. And I'll tell you why. If nothing else, this election has elevated to the surface all of the things that are going on in this country that need healing. Can't you feel it? Can't you feel that perhaps never before the awareness of what's going on, whether it's racial tension, whether it's the uh, uh, inequality of pay for different uh, uh, economic factors in the country, whether it's the, the sense of us being not the best neighbors with other countries, right? All of those things right now are up, and I would say in graphic relief, for us to be healing. And so I have a challenge for you. Because if, once again, we believe in this science of mind thing, as I so firmly do, what I know is that it is a change in my own consciousness that will make the difference. That when enough of us believe that our elected officials are doing a good job, our elected officials will reflect that. That when I have confidence in my own ability to take care of business right here in town, when I'm not looking outwards to figure out how to end homelessness or, or to uh, raise more money for schools, when I'm not looking for a ballot measure to just make it all better, or for some new official uh, you know, leading the school board to just take care of it. When I start taking those things on in my own personality, in my own heart, in my own head, in my own consciousness, that's how change begins. So my homework this time, gosh, it's a corker. I wish it were an easier story. I really wish I had better, I would like to just say, well, I'll save you all, no worries, right? <laughs> Come and touch the hem of my gown and we'll take care of it. But the honest to goodness truth is, our homework is, how do I become the person that draws to us 
ideas of how to end homelessness? How do I become the smart person necessary to understand ways of getting people to talk together so that there isn't this fear of the police force anymore? How do I become the person? How do I learn on my own, perhaps? Maybe I need to take classes. Maybe I need to become more personally involved in local government. But what is it that I need to do so that my consciousness is radiating love and kindness, the equality of all people? How do I become that person that shares my resources, not thinking that I'll run out of good somehow if I help other people? How do I become that which I wish that I was seeing in Washington? Because it is only when I have achieved that, it's only when we have achieved that, that then what goes on with our elected officials will be a perfect reflection of what we wish it would be instead of what it is. Well, I hope I haven't made some enemies tonight. Some of you are smiling. Some of you look like I just, you know, sent a shot off your bow or something like that. Uh, But I want to end on that more positive note because I think we have a chance now in a way that perhaps we've never had a chance. I think it is clear to the majority of people in this country that we, the people, need to take action. And as science of mind people, people that kind of know how this cause and effect things work, it isn't going to be just about, you know, filing petitions and trying to get people impeached or, you know, doing crazy stuff like that, because that would be moving the effects around. Instead, we are going to concentrate on the true change, which happens in the consciousness of our own communities. When we begin finding out how to solve homelessness, not hoping that the city takes care of it or the county takes care of it, but pitching in to really figure it out. When we expand our consciousness in ways that are supportive of what we want to see happen. When we become love, when we become that connection with the the people that we so desire, there's no holding us back. We suddenly become that most powerful force on the planet. We have activated our own consciousness in a way that will not be denied. And then we will start seeing the evidence of that out in the world. Then we will start calling forth the elected representatives that reflect that idea of cooperation, of love, of mutual respect, that is a reflection of our own consciousness. Amen. So are we up for the homework? Absolutely. Now, if you need just even a spot more clarity around the homework, I would even challenge us all to find some new avenue right here in our own community, whether you want to think of community as in New Thought Center for Spiritual Living or if you want to go a little bigger and talk about Lake Oswego or the greater Portland metro area, however you want to look at it, I would say find a way to become involved in your community that is supportive of the values that you truly stand for. So how do I stand for peace in a visible way in my community? How do I stand for love and uh, maybe diversity in my own community?
How do I stand up for the things that I wish someone was reflecting differently back in Washington, D.C., or, you know, in our own elected officials here in Oregon? How do I do that thing? So that's your homework. And what I know from being here on enough Wednesday nights is that we can do this. I have seen this be such a powerful group. And the call is here. Can you feel it? The call is here. Well, I'm going to close with uh, another quote from Ernest Holmes tonight and, of course, a prayer. The reflection of an image in a mirror is the exact likeness of the image which is held before the mirror. So the law of cause and effect reflects back to us a likeness of the images of our own thought. We are told that we reflect the glory of God, but how easy it is to reflect instead the fear and limitation of our own human existence. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness, only this one consciousness that I call God. And what I know about God is that it's a present everywhere, a present in the affairs of the United States of America, present in our local government, present, of course, in this room and these people. There is but a unity on the unseen side of life. And because of this truth, I know that in my own heart and in my own affairs, I collect to me a similar unity of the people, places, the essence of the goodness around me. I, I celebrate life in all of its many diverse forms and learn how to get along ever more better with my fellows. There is only this planet that we exist on. I hold it close to me. I recognize that as I stand for things, things happen. As I believe in truth, honesty and joy that's a reflection of what I get to see in the world and so for each person here I claim on this night a willingness to open their hearts to embrace more to stand for more to take action in more positive ways to expand that that consciousness of love of peace of joy to include all and for this willingness, I'm grateful. For this truth, this eternal truth of cause and effect, I'm in awe. And tonight, I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here tonight. So glad you were here.